freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today is Sunday, May 8th, 2011. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time. And we have a great show lined up for you here today on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Great to be here. And what I usually do to get the show started is to read some event announcements for events that are happening in my local area and again the reason I do that is because the, fr- the, the true essence of freedom when you boil it all down is ultimately about one thing and that is taking right action in the world so with that in mind let me get an event announcement out of the way in this first segment and then I'll give the call and numbers and we'll jump right in with our topic for today The Tesla Science Foundation of Philadelphia will be hosting their third annual Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations here in Philadelphia on July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. There is a Tesla Science Conference coming up on those days at 2 Liberty Place, 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. The conference topics will include ether theories, alternative energy, exotic propulsion technologies, electrotherapy, Tesla coils, and of course, wireless transmission of power. This conference is open to the general public. It is only $100 for registration to attend for all four days. $50, that's right, a 50% uh, discount with a, a valid student ID. You can register online at the Tesla Science Foundation's website at www.teslasciencefoundation.org. That's teslasciencefoundation.org. This is a great group of people who want to see a better world come to fruition based on the technologies of Nikola Tesla and I'm, uh, I'm very proud to work with them uh, as part of their outreaches um, um, and educational uh, opportunities. Uh, the Tesla Science Foundation is just a great group of individuals and people should learn more about them and if you have it within your capability to attend the conference coming up this summer please intend to be there. So that's all the event announcements I have. 
All right, call-in numbers. Let's give the call-in numbers, and then uh, we'll jump into the topic after this first break. Call-in numbers for tonight's show, never any taboo topics on what on earth is happening, and there never will be. Feel free to call in any time. I love taking calls. The numbers, 512-904-8014, or you can call the toll-free line at 866-841-1065. Once again, 512-904-8014 and 866-841-10065. Coming up to the first break, we'll be right back after these messages, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on what on earth is happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. And uh, last week was the first What on Earth is Happening in its entirety here on Oracle Broadcasting, and it went very well. We had a contest on the show last week. It was won by a gentleman named Ben in Louisiana. He won the, uh, the prize for answering correctly the question of the mystery traditions and the topic that we had been talking about the week before was self-generated suffering and we got into the question of the mystery traditions as we were uh, relating it to the modern uh, occult traditions that uh, one may come across in their studies. Uh, Namely, we were relating it to Freemasonry because this has been an ongoing topic of discussion on the show for the past many weeks and we've been probing the the symbols of Freemasonry, of true esoteric Freemasonry uh, for the last uh, couple of months. And uh, we will continue to do that tonight. Tonight will be probably the last um, show where I break down some Masonic symbolism uh, for the listeners. Um, I will probably have one more show on the topic, however, and it I am hoping to make it sort of a roundtable discussion uh, with some uh, official lodge Freemasons in this area or perhaps in other areas. Uh, I'll probably be putting that show together. If it doesn't come together, I will simply move on to uh, continue the topics that we've been discussing, um, such as symbolism in general uh, as a methodology of mind control and uh, to subversively uh, gain access to the subconscious mind uh, when an individual does not is not aware that symbolism is being used like that they certainly can indeed be controlled through it so becoming symbol literate is quite important but uh, to go back to uh, what I was talking about regarding the show uh, last week we had a winner of the contest he answered the mystery tradition question correctly the question was how does one truly know that one is in a state of suffering. How do you know that you are suffering? And the gentleman uh, called in and correctly answered the question that if there is even one other who is suffering, then you are suffering because everyone is interconnected, inextricably interconnected. 
uh, by the field of life that is all around us. Therefore, if any suffering exists, one knows that one is suffering themselves. So uh, that was the answer, and uh, he won a Organite Pyramid, which was made by one of the speakers of the recent Free Your Mind conference here in Philadelphia. Uh, at, just to get into that for a moment as well, uh, videos for the Free Your Mind Conference will be posted to the Free Your Mind Conference website at freeyourmindconference.com. Probably within about three weeks to a month, I'm just guessing, the videos are currently being processed. So anyone that is, was interested in that conference could not attend. We will be releasing that information to the general public for free over the next coming uh, few weeks. So be patient. Uh, the videos will be forthcoming and you'll be impressed with the information that you'll get to see and hear there. Uh, for those who don't know about the conference, it was a conference we just held here in Philadelphia last month and you could check out the conference website to read all about the speakers and topics that were covered at www.freeyourmindconference.com. Uh, so far, so good with uh, the, the new show here on Oracle. Uh, it's been it's been a, a great experience, and it's um, it's an honor to be part of a great network with all of the caliber hosts that are on this network and the topics that they discuss. I think it's probably the best internet radio network uh, going online today. Uh, with that having been said, the only uh, draw drawbacks that people had written in about uh, that. Uh, listeners uh, kind of commented from how the show used to be in its old format to this format was the ads. And I want to respond to that briefly. Uh, yes, the ads do kind of uh, basically uh, create an uh, an interspersal between the information as I'm giving it out here on the air. But that's a good thing because people who uh, support radio networks like this uh, want to get their products out there and, ma and make a living for themselves. The network needs to do what they need to do. Uh, so, and that isn't for free. You know, that really uh, um, uh, costs a lot out of private individuals' pockets. So they make some money by selling ad space. I have absolutely no problem with the ads. Um, f for those who think it's a distraction, I can understand where you're coming from. However, um, it's a trade-off like anything else. Um, I get to be on a bigger network where there's more listeners able to hear my voice and get the message out to uh, more people. And uh, for that, the show uh, is broken up a little bit with some uh, ads uh, interspersed here and there. Like I said, I don't have any problem with it. I hope it's not too big of a distraction from people coming over from uh, just listening to me on what on earth is happening previously before uh, we came over to Oracle. But um, it is what it is, and uh, that's my take on the whole uh, ads for uh, listeners who have come over from listening to me previously. Uh, so let's jump into the topic for tonight, shall we? We've been talking about Freemasonry for the past many weeks, and Freemasonry is an incredibly complex topic. It is an occult tradition, and for those of you who still have not made the connections that occultism is what ultimately everything that's going on on the earth is all ultimately about, uh, you need to take another look at what the occult really is because there's a mind control technique that's played through words and word association games and what true evil people and dark occultists always want to do is have you associate something in your mind through words that really 
that thing has nothing whatsoever to do with, or it only has a partial um, connection with that word. But in other words, then the technique works to, uh, for example, uh, as it is said, throw out the baby with the bathwater. You will say, well, that's associated with something that's, that's dark or evil, and therefore I won't look at any of it. And I'll throw it all out and not ever, ever go into the esoteric understanding uh, that the dark occultists really wish to hold people back from. See, that's how this technique works. And the word occult is used, occult is used in this sense. It's a mind control technique. If, if a dark occultist who does not want anyone to look into his methodologies, into what he is doing through hidden techniques... Okay, And that's what the word ultimately means, hidden. It is hidden knowledge that is used as a weapon against those who do not understand the techniques that one is working with because they are hidden from that individual. If someone doesn't understand it, those who do can wield it as a weapon if they're in the mode of consciousness where they may be inclined to do so. And that's what the psychopathic ruling elites of this planet are. They are dark occultists. They're using hidden knowledge against us as a weapon. When we bring that knowledge to the light of day, they can no longer do that effectively because it becomes common sense. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I'd like now to uh, wrap up what I was talking about, about the occult. The word occult, as we have said many times previously on this show, simply means hidden. And it is hidden knowledge that is attempted to be held back from the general population by dark occultists who use this knowledge as a weapon against people. It is ultimately knowledge about consciousness. It is knowledge about how the human psyche works. It is knowledge about the deepest parts of the human psychology that uh, drives our motivations and um, fuels our understanding of reality. And when you get into that and control that, you have people at your beck and call. Okay, you have people right under your thumb, right where you want them, because they don't understand themselves. And ultimately, that's the only knowledge that is truly worth having is knowledge of self and what we truly are and what our true potential is. And that's what we do here on this show is try to help people to delve deeply within so that they can understand that the outer world that we see around us is merely a reflection of what is going on inside of us collectively. So um, with that in mind, uh, I want to jump into the topic for tonight, which is the symbolism of some of the higher levels of Freemasonry. 
and we're going to look at Royal Arch Freemasonry. We're going to look at some of the symbolism of the 32nd and 33rd degree, and we're going to talk a little bit about what is known as Illuminated Masonry tonight, and hopefully I can get through all of this symbolism before the end of the show so we can do a roundtable discussion on Freemasonry next week. So I'd like to direct everyone first and foremost to my website at whatonearthishappening.com. If you're not listening on a computer, uh, you can go and check out the podcast where you will be able to see these images. The podcast is in the uh, podcast tab of my website at What on Earth is Happening, and they're all free. They're all available for download to any uh, digital uh, music devices, so make use of that uh, archive as a uh, great resource for information. I, I post a lot of image links, a lot of document links, a lot of video links, so there's tons and tons of study that can be done at uh, the podcast section of my website. If you go to the radio listen page, which is right on the front page, and then you click the uh, button over on the left-hand side that says listen live, you will be taken to the radio listen page, and there uh, for shows where symbolism is required to be seen along with the explanation of that symbolism, I um, post related images for uh, that that um, night's show on that page. So you'll see there listed images for tonight's show, May 8th, 2011, and there will be, I believe, 11 images uh, or 12 images, uh, 11, 11 images posted there. Uh, the first image there is simply the poster for the Tesla Science Conference, which I just uh, announced as part of the event announcements tonight. So we are moving to image number two on the What on Earth is Happening radio listen page. If you look at image number two, this is where we left off on the show last week. We were talking about Royal Arch symbolism. Royal Arch uh, Masonry is uh, part of the York Rite of Freemasonry. But overall, this is basically higher level esoteric symbolism that is contained in the Royal Arch degrees. And we see in image number two, the tracing board of the Royal Arch. So this is a board that has deep, complex, esoteric symbolism in it that is meant to be contemplated and meditated upon in order to understand what is being said through this imagery. Uh, again, Freemasonry in general is a tradition in which natural law and morality is taught through a system of symbols, allegories, and rituals. Okay? And we also looked at the word allegory as part of our understanding of Freemasonry in previous weeks as stories, poems, pictures, symbols that may be interpreted in specific ways to reveal hidden meanings. Typically, these meanings are moral in their uh, messages that they are attempting to convey. They are attempting to convey moral lessons, and that's indeed what all of the symbolism we have seen thus far in Freemasonry when it is properly decoded by people who understand what this symbolism was originally intended to embed into the subconscious of the viewer who may not be consciously aware of it. It was originally intended to embed a moral lesson. Sadly, in the modern era, uh, much of this, the meaning of this symbolism is lost even to Lodge Masons. Okay, and I'll be the first to tell you that, that Lodge Masons are horribly ignorant of the esoteric uh, aspects of their own uh, supposed uh, tradition. 
and they do not understand these symbols in any way that they really should be understood. And uh, part of that is simply their own ignorance and not wanting to go farther and deeper into the topic. And part of that is deliberately being misled by those who have corrupted this institution from the higher levels and being been put into places of power within institutions such as Freemasonry uh, in order to deceive and mislead. And uh, again, I am in no way here to be an advocate of Lodge Freemasonry. I am talking about the esoteric underlying tradition that lies at the core of true Freemasonry. Okay? That I want to make abundantly clear. Therefore, let's start breaking down some of the imagery here in the Royal Arch Tracing Board. We saw last week that these pillars, and we saw in many weeks in the past, uh, and you can check that out in the podcast section, um, that these pillars represent the um, double aspect of the nature that lies within all of us. We all have a masculine and a feminine aspect to us. And the masculine side is logical, it is um, uh, linear, it, is, it analyzes things, uh, it's left-brained, okay? So it's our solar nature, our active side, okay? What, what the information that we break down and then ultimately take action upon. This is the solar side of the uh, personality, okay, or the masculine side of the personality, all right, the scientific, the logical, the linear, the analytical, okay. On the right-hand side, the right-hand pillar represents the feminine nature within the individual. It represents intuition, creativity, caring, nurturing, uh, the creative principles, okay. It represents our emotional qualities, not the active ones, but the ones that are hidden within, how we feel about what's going on within us and around us, all right? So these two basic principles need to be bridged or brought together in order to come into harmony with each other, such that our emotions and our actions are one and the same, and we do what we feel is truly right. Okay, so unity consciousness, thoughts, emotions, and actions brought into harmony with no contradiction between the three. We've talked about this ad infinitum on this show, and I'll continue to repeat these concepts because they sink in more as they're repeated. So, the arch itself is a coming together or a bridging between these two aspects of the individual. Okay, and it represents coming off of the checkered floor of the house, the checkerboard floor, being a pawn, being led, not understanding light from dark, being just one of the pieces that is being moved by the chess master because they have a higher level of awareness and they're looking at the board from above and they can pick up pieces and move them as they see fit. All of these allegorical ideas here need to be picked apart to be understood properly in the context of the symbolism. Complex symbolism is what we're talking about here. We'll continue to break down the Royal Arch Tracing Board after we come back from these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening? Right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We'll be right back, folks. Obey. 
when he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with sunglasses, we're seeing the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolic that you couldn't see. Obey, no independent thought, no thinking yourself. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can soak up I hope everybody's got their sunglasses on out there. Those uh, samples there from the great movie They Live, and that was David Icke actually explaining uh, some of the symbolism in the movie They Live. Uh, everyone on Earth should see the movie They Live, folks. That's all I'll say about that if you haven't already seen it. Probably almost everyone listening on this network has seen it, but anybody listening in the podcast section, uh, if you haven't seen the movie They Live, it's something you definitely should do immediately. Because that movie's not just a fiction, it's an allegory about what's happening in our world, as is Freemasonry. And we were talking about the royal arch symbolism of Freemasonry before the last break. Let's jump back into the image here, which is image number two on the radio listen page at whatonearthishappening.com. We see that the arch is coming together uh, to form a semicircle at the top of these two pillars. Okay, we'll see ultimately uh, what that symbolism represents uh, in a moment. We see the keystone of the archway, okay, off onto the left hand side. It has been pulled out of the arch, okay. Now, the keystone is the strongest part of the archway. This is the thing that actually gives it its strength. That's where all of the force is, is, is leaned up against on both sides, okay. So this is critical to keep in mind. Why would the keystone be removed from the arch? And we were getting into this at the end of last sh show, and I want to really reiterate this so that I hammer in the real understanding of this symbol because it's very important and it's very widely misunderstood. The keystone is being removed, okay, as a symbol of enlightenment, Okay, this, you see the light pours in when the stone is removed. See, people misinterpret this, okay, because in biblical terminology, there's such a thing called the chief cornerstone or the keystone, all right? And this is what Jesus himself is referred to as in certain books of the Bible, in the Gospels. He's referred to as the chief cornerstone or the keystone, Okay, and this does not represent taking away the Christ out of someone's life or out of their consciousness. It represents letting that consciousness into oneself, okay, as a symbolic uh, aspect of higher consciousness. Now, I'm not talking about um, exoteric organized Christianity, the Christian religion as we know it in the modern world. That's not what I'm talking about here. No more than I am talking about um, organized lodge Freemasonry in the modern world. I'm getting down to the esoteric core symbols and the core understanding that underli underlies those symbols, okay? And it's all about consciousness and awakening of self, it's all about when we bridge the left and right brain hemispheres together, the masculine left brain hemisphere and the feminine right brain hemisphere, through the, this divine process, this divine union, the chemical wedding, as it is known in different forms of, of mystery school teachings, okay? We are removing all of the barriers and the blocks to the light, 
okay? And we do that by also awakening the pineal gland, the spiritual vision gland in the center of the human head. This has been referred to by mystics as the third eye, okay? It is the Ajna chakra in the Vedic uh, chakra tradition, okay? Uh, the third eye is the single eye that is spoken of in biblical terms when uh, in the story in the New Testament, Jesus is telling his followers that what you need to do is make the eye single. If you make the eye single, the body is full of light. If the eye is dual, the body is full of darkness. What this means is if that your, your brain is imbalanced toward either hemisphere or both hemispheres, the left and right, okay, you're seeing with duality, us versus them thinking, okay, you're in a state of either dominator or slave, and we've talked about this almost endlessly when we talk about the uh, functions of the brain, the brain hemispheres, you can go back and research all of this material in the podcast archive, it's all there, folks, I can't, you know, repeat every single aspect of it just to touch on it. Uh, the, 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 the making of the eye to be single instead of dual is a reference to the brain. It's a reference to bridging the left and right brain hemispheres and uniting them. It's also making your emotions and your actions unified as one, okay, so that you do what you feel and know to be right, all right, and there's no contradiction. Your actions do not betray your thoughts and your emotions. This is what awakening is all about. This is what enlightenment really is. Okay, and that process is the awakening of the all-seeing eye, the pineal gland, the light that is within us, and it's a connection to the heart as well. So last week we left off on helping people to understand that the removal of that block, that barrier, that stone, that weight, okay, is the removal of the barriers to awakening, the barriers to the light, the barriers to letting the Christ consciousness enter the heart, okay, and then therefore change one's actions and one's view, view of the world first and foremost and then one's actions. So that's why the light is streaming in through the missing keystone, okay, because now it's full of light, and that light is coming into the center which of the image, which represents the center of the self or the heart. And this is represented by the two angels on both sides having bridged together and their wings are touching in the form of a, a, a chalice or a heart or the inverted triangle, which is also known as the chalice in ancient symbolism. Okay, because it represents the sacred feminine side of the self. So this is the union between thoughts and emotions, the union between knowledge and then why we do what we do with knowledge and ultimately what we do with it. And that has to stem from the heart. Okay, so that's, that's what the Royal Arch Degree ultimately is attempting to teach people through this complex symbolism, to come up off of the floor of the house, duality, all right? Us versus them thinking, not understanding natural law, not understanding what our rights are and what they are not, not understanding light from darkness, right from wrong. And there is such a thing, folks. 
You know, Satanism, if I learned anything during all the time that I was involved in Satanism in my past, which some people on Oracle may or may not be aware of, I, I used to be involved in dark occultism. I speak about the dark occult from being personally involved with it in my past and having torturously come out of that level of mind control and um, being so asleep that my life was in such a state of disarray that it was only two places to go, as I've told people, in the grave or up. And I chose the, the latter, both, uh, and that's a deliberate pun, okay? I chose the later option, but I also chose the latter, which is a symbol of Freemasonry. A ladder meaning something that we use to climb out of the depths, okay, which we'll see uh, in uh, um, we've already seen in um, uh, past shows when we looked at the first degree tracing board with its ladder on the uh, middle pillar, which is the um, uh, which is called Jacob's ladder in Freemasonry. So that's what this uh, royal arch degree ultimately represents: the letting in of the light by decalcifying, chipping away the stone from the pineal gland. Okay, the all-seeing eye, so that the light can stream in into the heart and we create what is known as the heart-mind. Okay, And I add the heart-mind-guts because it's ultimately what we do that makes the difference in the world. So there has to be courage involved there as well. It's not just what you know and, and what you care about, right? It's also what you actually take action and then do in the world. So we have to combine all three of those principles, the thoughts, the emotions, the actions. I call it the heart, mind, guts. So um, intelligence is required, true care is required, and ultimately courage is required, and willpower as well. The, uh, the dual aspects of the active principles, courage and will. So that's what this complex symbol is saying here, and it is also about the coming together of the left and right brain, the Temple of Solomon. Okay, We see the repeated images here, Solomon being the sun and the moon, Sol, sun, mon, moon, Okay, and Hiram Abiff, H-A-B at the bottom there, the builder of the temple. Okay, he represents the generative principle and truth and care, true care. Okay, he is the sacred feminine aspect in this trinity. All right, so we're going to look at other examples of royal arch symbolism. We have a couple other um, royal arch tracing boards that I'm going to break down, and then we're going to move on to some different Freemasonic symbolism when we come back from this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back. We're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're breaking down complex esoteric symbolism of the tradition of Freemasonry here on What on Earth is Happening this evening. And we're looking at image number two on the radio listen page of my website, whatonearthishappening.com. 
I want to uh, touch a little bit more on some of the symbolism here on this tracing board before we move on to image number three. You see the tools at the top. I want to touch on those a bit. The tools of the Royal Arch are the pickaxe, the spade, and the crowbar, or uh, you know, the pry bar. All right, this is what we need to dig ourselves out. Okay, when we've been covered up or buried with dirt. Okay, the the um, the darkness has covered us, has blocked out the light. We these are tools of digging. Okay, we need to dig for the truth. We need to dig ourselves out of the hole that we've placed ourselves in, as a species. All right, and then finally we need to wrench forth the stone to let in the light. All right, so to with all of our will and power, use the pry bar to get that stone. Okay, representing the calcified pineal gland, all right, that we actually de-stone to open up the spiritual vision center within us all. Okay, that's what these this symbolically represents. All right. Then we climb out of the grave, and we're gonna see the coffin in the next image, Hiram Abiff's coffin. This is ultimately about resurrection. Okay, and you can see the parallels in biblical uh tradition because Jesus was resurrected from a grave, okay? And he rolled away a stone in order to do it. You see, to come out into the light of day from the grave where Jesus was at, he had to roll back the stone of his grave. So this is a direct correlation to to Christian symbolism, okay? And it's not meant to be taken literally in the sense of the story of Jesus, all right, regardless of what you believe about whether Jesus existed as a real person or if it's pure astrotheology, we're going to see how much this connects to astrotheology in the next image and what the royal arch is from an astrotheological point of view. But this this pales in comparison to the true esoteric meaning of the royal arch and how it relates to the resurrection of the soul from the state of deadness, of spiritual deadness, of not understanding that we are a spiritual being having a physical experience, not understanding natural law, not understanding the law of one, not understanding that as one suffers, all suffer, okay? To come out of that state of spiritual deadness and resurrect ourselves to the light, that's what this, the the truth, the, the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of the true nature of self, Okay, which is the spiritual nature of of all things. Okay, and ultimately, that's what this whole system of Freemasonry is all ultimately supposed to be teaching spiritual resurrection, not identification with the physical world. Okay, not just worrying about what's happening in my daily life but seeing the big picture about what's going on all around us as a species and being concerned with the wider picture, true care, not just small care with with a small c, meaning I care about what's going on in my life and maybe my family's, maybe the the people around me's lives, but the capital C version of care, which is care on on a wide level, on a global level, on a universal level to be concerned with the suffering of all beings, 
All right. That's what this is ultimately all about. That's what we are trying to raise people to the understanding of. Okay. So the, the, the language that goes along with this degree, if you read into the rituals, I won't be specifically getting into that uh, tonight. I posted many books with uh, elaborate breakdowns of, of rituals on the website. You can go there and read all about those. Again, there's much allegory contained within those rituals as well. I find it much more uh, poignant to get right to the heart of the matter and break down the symbolism for people because I think it expresses it even more beautifully. So um, part of the ritual of the royal arch degrees is to rise and wrench forth the keystone. We already understand what that means now from an esoteric perspective, to let in the light and um, to let that light into the heart and develop true care, care with a capital C. This is what being raised is ultimately about. We talked how this is about how this is connected with raising children. We use the word being raised, raising children, okay? How many children are really not raised? How many adults are really not raised in the world? How they are simply um, going through the motions of life and um, not really understanding any of these wider issues about what's really taking place around them in the world. So um, what I want to do now is move on to image number three on the website and look at another variant of the Royal Arch tracing board. So here we see uh, this in context with the first board. All right, We can see how this relates to also the first degree tracing board that we broke down in previous weeks. Uh, the first of which um, we can see the two pillars once again. The left and right pillar, we can see again uh, the symbols of the three um, astrotheological cults of the ancient world, which we broke down when we talked about astrotheology many weeks ago. The sun, the moon, and the stars, with the royal arch right in the middle between all of them because it represents that place of bridging or coming together, the balance point that unifies all of these things thoughts, emotions, and actions coming together as one. Okay, so we see the. Uh, I, I want to briefly before we get into uh, the symbolism of this particular uh, board and the uh, the sign of Cancer there on the royal arch, and it is a yin yang symbol as well. Uh, to just talk once again uh, briefly about words, and we look at the words royal arch. Okay, why royal arch? Well, two reasons. Royal means uh, related with kingship or uh, queenship, okay? And what this is ultimately about, what the knowledge that is acquired upon bridging these two sides of the self and understanding what's going on in the world in a wider sense, the, um, that knowledge is ultimately about sovereignty, is about self-ownership, is about understanding that there is no authority other than the creator itself, okay? The generative principle, Truth is the authority. Authority is not truth. It's an illusion. Okay? It's not that there's no real power in the illusion of man-made authority. It's all ego-based and fear-based. You have to be in fear to believe in that concept. Okay? It does not exist. It never has existed. It never will exist. It's an illusion. It's a fantasy that people have made up in their own minds and then bought into in their own fear and in their own abdication of personal responsibility. Okay? So, royalty 
in the true sense means sovereignty, being one's own king, one's own queen, one's own ruler, one's own inner monarch, one ruler, no external ruler, no external government, internal government, internal control over one's own mind, over one's own thoughts, emotions, and actions. And the only thing you're ultimately allowed to control are those three things, okay, without breaking natural law. So that's what the term royal here really represents. An arch is synonymous with arc. Okay, we already saw that the Ark of the Covenant in the last image. We'll see, uh, you know, an Ark is also a word for a tomb. Okay, so it's the tomb of the spirit, which is represented here, needing to come out of that tomb to understand that we are all part of the Ark. Okay, an Ark, A R C. Okay, is a part of a circle. Okay, the circle. In almost all esoteric traditions represents the, the divine shape, the shape of spirit, the shape of divinity. Okay? It's God's shape. It's perfect. It's, it's never-ending. It has no beginning or end. It's based on something that can't be calculated in its fullness because we can never fully understand the mind of God. Okay? The creator is never-ending. It's continuous. Okay? No beginning, no end. Therefore, the circle represents that shape. And an arc is a piece of a circle, which is what we all are. We are a piece of that totality, that wholeness, that oneness. Okay? So, therefore, that's what the royal arch in words represents, those concepts. Sovereignty and part of the, the all, part of the one, of the, the one spiritual divine center that we all are, are, are a part of. We'll get back into the breakdown of this next tracing board right after these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand at 866-841-1065. Once again, the toll-free line is 866-841-1065. Let's jump right back into the images. We're looking at image number three on the radio listen page at whatonearthishappening.com for visual uh, aid reference to the concepts that I'm talking about here tonight on the show. You can also get all of these images in the podcasts. I post them with each podcast on the podcast archive at whatonearthishappening.com. Here we go. The, uh, the symbolism of the royal arch here has um, a whole lot of other imagery associated with it. At the bottom here, we see the coffin. This is, again, Hiram Abiff's coffin, which represents the entombed spirit, which needs to be raised out of the state of spiritual deadness. The dead needs to come back to life, to be born again, okay? So, 
um, it is, a, of course, below the pillars and below the floor of the house because it, it hasn't even made it to the point where it starts the journey, the process of initiation, okay? We need to climb those pillars in order to form that arch between the sacred masculine and sacred feminine sides of the personality. The little tree there, the sprig that is growing at the top of the uh, coffin is acacia. Acacia, okay, represents... The hope of resurrection, meaning can we awaken people? Can we bring them to the understanding of oneness? Can we bring them out of the duality of mind control? Can we bring them to the place where they have a firm grasp on natural law and sovereignty and their own sovereignty and the sovereignty of all others around them? Okay, Can we get them to understand those ideas and understand what the true nature of self is? as a spiritual dimension, not a physical one, okay? As a, a spiritual uh, nature, having a physical experience, okay? And that's what that sprig of acacia, that tree of life, ultimately represents, okay? The hope that we can indeed uh, fractally radiate this knowledge out to everyone and awaken the world, okay? So, um the archway itself represents the time of the year where the sun is active, okay? It's the half circle of the year when the sun is in the northern hemisphere, all right? The favored season of the northern hemisphere where most of the population of the earth lives, all right? At the very top, the archway is depicted, the, the keystone of the arch is depicted by the sign of cancer, this is when the sun is at the summer solstice, when it is entering the house of cancer. It is at the highest point of its power during the year, at this time of the year. This is half of the zodiac. If you go back and look at the astrotheology section that I did and showed the signs of the zodiac, you will see the top portion of that zodiacal wheel, all right, represents the favored season of the sun or the light, okay, when it has been resurrected from its tomb of the southern hemisphere we're at another break we'll be right back after these messages folks i'm mark passio you're listening to what on earth is happening Welcome back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. In this hour, we are breaking down some of the symbolism, the complex symbolism of Freemasonry, some of the, the higher degrees of Freemasonry, namely the Royal Arch degrees. We're going to uh, look at some more complex symbolism of Freemasonry. And uh, we're going to get into some of the higher degree symbolism, specifically the 32nd and 33rd degree symbolism in a little bit. In image number three on the website on the Radio Listen page, we were looking at uh, another Royal Arch tracing board. And we saw that it had the symbols of the major religions. We saw that it had uh, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Uh, we saw that it had the um, symbols of the zodiac 
uh, particularly those that are in the um, top portions of the zodiac, meaning um, when the sun is in the northern hemisphere, the houses that it goes through um, are depicted here. And at the very top of the royal arch is the sign of cancer, which is a yin-yang symbol representing the um, correspondence principle. Uh, that which is above is like to that which is below. And the union of opposites, the uh, divine union or wedding between the male and female, okay? Uh, the yin and yang sides of the self, yang being the male and yin being the female. So um, this is the time of the year when the sun is at 23.5 degrees north uh, latitude with respect to the Earth's equator. And this is the beginning of summer, the high point of the sun, the high point of light. Because again, this is all about light. And it is about God's light, God's sun. Okay, Allegories that we saw in the Christian tradition when we looked at it from an astro-theological perspective. Also, the same when it comes to Hiram Abiff, the resurrected one. Okay, The one who represents the light of truth and knowledge and justice. Okay, balance, all right, the way, the truth, the life, etc. These are all allegories for the same modality of consciousness, non-dual consciousness, all right? It has been called Christ consciousness. It has been called Buddha consciousness. It has been called Krishna consciousness. It's all the same thing. It's a, the awakened mind, the true understanding of sovereignty, the understanding that authority is an illusion, that there is no one between us and the Creator, that we are all sovereign beings, and that we are free and sovereign by nature of being born into the universe of the Creator. That's it. Period. With nothing after it. The end. In other words. Okay? No justifications needed. No explanations needed. No compromises needed. That's how it is. That's the truth. Okay? I've arrived at that understanding and have for a long time and are waiting for other people to uh, complete that work within themselves because this is internal work that needs to be done for each individual to truly comprehend that, to truly understand that, and then to live it. And that's what the great work is, ladies and gentlemen. That's the true great work that lies ahead of us all. And each one must contribute their part to it individually. No one can do that work for any of us. So let's look at some of the other images here. Of course, we have the, the G in the middle of the image, again, representing the generative principle, true care, the heart, Okay, the generator of everything, including the pump that fuels our body with blood, okay, the life force energy within us, all right, the heart is the generator, the pump that drives, every, drives everything, care is ultimately what creates our experience, what we care about is what we ultimately manifest. If we care about frivolous things, we will manifest negative things in our lives. If we care about the things that truly matter and are, and are of true value, namely truth and knowledge and moral right, okay, then we will create a world that is much better than the one that we've created so far. 
So we see the compasses and square there again, representing that our higher nature has to basically trump or rule over our lower uh, aspects of the per of the personality, namely the the ego and the physical ident identified aspects um, of um, l having lived in a physical world. The things that we basically need to do to survive on a daily basis can't be the things that ultimately govern us, that rule us, that are the main focus of our attention. We need to understand our higher nature and let that be in a position above the so-called lower nature, okay? Represented by comp compasses, the compassion, okay? Bridging the left and right, flexible, right? Ruling over or above the square, okay. The sh the compasses draw the circle, the divine shape. The co the square is not found in nature. Ninety degree angles, rough edges that need to be smoothed over. Okay, it's the lower nature, the square in this uh, aspect. All right, base consciousness, in other words, and the compasses represent divine consciousness or true compassion, true higher care. The cornucopia represents the harvest of what we get as a result of our thoughts, emotions, and actions. Okay, the harvest time is what happens uh, upon uh, whether the light was received. Okay, see the allegory here. The light comes down to the earth. It, it gives energy. Right? It is either received well or it is not received well, and then we have a harvest based upon that exchange of energy. What we did to cultivate the truth and knowledge, right, or to cultivate the plant, in other words, the planting of the seeds, and, the, and how well those seeds were receptive to light and were able to sprout and generate on their own. So the cornucopia represents the harvest, okay? And we'll see other signs of the harvest as we move on. All right, so there's much more symbolism in here. I won't break each single aspect down. One thing I do want to point to is in the bottom right hand corner you see another representation of the Ark of the Covenant. Again, this is the place where God was said to be stored or kept or or entombed. Okay, It represents spirit. It represents that we have an inner core spiritual nature and we have to get in touch with that. That's the, that's the true treasure that lies in the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, and again, it's a, a wordplay on arch. Arch and arc are often used interchangeably. Okay, it means that a tomb. It means a part of a circle, which are both things that we see here. All right, the ark of the covenant. Okay, we're going to see that. Uh, we saw that in the last image. We're going to see another ark in the form of a tomb in the next image. So let's move on to image number four. And uh, there's the break music. We will continue to break down some of the complex symbolism of Royal Arch Freemasonry when we come right back. We'll be back after these messages. I'm your host, Mark Passano. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Stay with us, folks.
Okay, folks, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's jump right back into the symbolism of Freemasonry, which we have been breaking down. We're looking at image number four now on whatonearthishappening.com on the Radio Listen page. So here we see yet another representation of the pillars and the arch with the keystone in it. We see the all-seeing eye once again. We see the sun and the moon and the stars. We see the two globes at the top of the pillars in this image, a little bit different of a take on uh, this particular tracing board. But um, we see um, uh, the terrestrial uh, sphere and the celestial sphere. So you see Earth there on the left, and on the right-hand side you see the... um, the uh, band of stars known as the zodiac and then the uh, wider stars uh, of the celestial sphere around that so um, the these two um, spheres in conjunction with each other represent the principle of correspondence that which is above is like to that which is below or in other words the universe is self-similar across scales and we are simply a part of the all but the Uh, essence of the all is contained in each of its parts. So that principle is conveyed here in this tracing board as well. I want to just quickly point out some of the symbolism on this board. We see the G right in the middle again, representing the heart, representing true care, representing gnosis, representing um, the generative principle. Again, wisdom. Okay, Sophia. What we do with what we know because of how we feel about it. True care. Okay? And it's ultimately about taking action. All right? We see the ark in the middle again, the tomb as the altar with the volume of sacred law or the Bible on it with the compasses and square set on that, the three lights representing again these three uh, principles of astrotheology, the sun, the moon, the stars, and planets, but also the sun in its trek across the sky in the east in the southern portion of the sky in the northern hemisphere and in the west okay um, we see the anchor rep- representing that we we must uh, not totally you know wander off in a spiritual daze either that we have to realize that our work is to be done on the ground it is to be done here in the physical domain it isn't about escapism it isn't about just knowing that you're okay or that you feel good, it's about helping others who are suffering and who aren't understanding the things that really do need to be understood in life. And there are such things. It's not that's not an a statement that you know people should be offended by hearing. That yes, there are things people should be looking into and should know. People hear the word should and they immediately recoil. It's a form of mind control. Okay? That they think nobody else should ever use the word should. Nonsense. There are things that should be understood and known and lived in the world. I'm not afraid to say that. I've come to recognize and understand that. And I wasn't doing it in the past, but now I am. There are things I have come to understand. And I live these principles in my life. And I'm not shy about saying other people should understand a lot of the things that I understand. And it's not just my understanding. This is just knowledge about the world and life in general and how things work and how natural law operates. So it's like saying you should know about gravity if you don't want to fall and hurt yourself from a high height. Yeah, it's the same thing. We should know about this if we don't want to 
hurt the entire world like we're doing and continue to do in our ignorance of these principles. So going back to the symbolism, that's the anchor, okay? Stay anchored in, in the world, be not of it, okay? Be in the world, but not of it. That's the concept there, okay? Understand the work is to be done on the ground, meaning don't drift off into a spiritual haze just because you understand higher-minded concepts, which the New Age movement is so fond of doing. I'm all okay. I'm fine. I understand higher spiritual nature, and I'm just going to sit here and meditate, you know, and not worry about whether anybody else really gets it. This is a cop-out. It's further abdication of personal responsibility to act upon what one truly has come to understand in the world. And again, I'll quote the Chinese philosopher Yang Ming. He said, to know and not to do is not to know. So do, the, do these New Agers really understand what's really ultimately going on and what needs to be done about it and are willing to do that? Do they really know? No, I would say they don't really know. And the reason they don't really know is because they don't ultimately take action. They want, they want to sit and think that just the internal process is the end of the journey. Wrong. That's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning of the journey. Taking action is required. You may have the sacred feminine principle, but you don't have the sacred masculine principle of right action in the world. And that means you don't have the divine union. You've only gotten half of the equation. The other half is action. Okay? So going back to the symbolism on this tracing board, quickly, we see the two ashlars. The imperfect ashlar there on the left and the perfect one there on the right. Okay? Uh, we see a five-pointed star, which is a symbol used over and over again in Freemasonry, on the archway, okay? The five-pointed star in its upright orientation representing man's spiritual nature, spirit raised above the other four elements, okay? Earth, air, water, and fire. So earth, air, water, fire, and spirit, and the spiritual point is at the top, okay? Because that's what we need to understand and embrace above all else, okay? Okay? Two other quick symbols I'll mention on this one and then we'll move on is at the base of both pillars. At the left, we see the hourglass and at the right, we see the scythe again. These are symbols of death. These are symbols of time, time running out and harvesting, okay? And these are concepts that may make some people uncomfortable, but they should be discussed. We should understand we are mortal. We will live in a physical body for only so long. We need to make proper use of our time and our attention, the spiritual currencies, okay? What we pay for things with, what we buy things with is not this fake money. It's ultimately what we are ultimately getting or reaping or harvesting, okay? What we are ultimately manifesting in our lives is dependent upon what we do with our time and our attention. Or in other words, what we care about, this is the spiritual currency that actually gets us what we have, the harvest, okay? So that's what this is saying here. What do you pay attention to? What do you care about? What do you spend your time doing? Do you spend your time on self-improvement and then helping others to improve themselves? Or do you use your time frivolously because you only have a limited amount of it? All right, so symbols of death, and we're going to see that come up again later on tonight. 
Okay, in image number five, here's another depiction of a royal arch tracing board, the Ark of the Covenant, once again, the tomb, spiritual nature that needs to be resurrected by bridging the left and right, the, the masculine and feminine, the sun and the moon, okay, the Ark of the Covenant, we see the five-pointed interlocked star once again in the middle of the archway, okay, the semicircle, all right, man's spiritual nature being resurrected. And again, at the top, this is a very simple one, but a very powerful one. I, I, I really like this interpretation. And again, we see the stone being pried away or rolled out of the way so that the light can come in. Resurrection, okay, to higher spiritual understanding and the spiritual nature of self. Very powerful symbolism. They're all up there for, for the taking. Uh, there are no secrets in true esoteric Freemasonry. I can't speak for the Lodge system. I'm not a member of any institution on the earth. I help assist with some local groups here. I don't consider myself a member of anything. I'm an individual that understands my own sovereignty and tries to help people understand their sovereignty. So we'll get more into the symbolism of Freemasonry when we come right back after these breaks. I'm your host, Mark Passio. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about some complex symbolism in the esoteric tradition of Freemasonry here tonight on the show. And we've been looking at the symbolism of the royal arch in Freemasonry and what that ultimately represents. Let's move on to image number six. We're looking at images here from what on earth is happening on the radio listen page. Image number six is a uh, Master Mason certificate that has some of the most uh, esoteric and complex symbolism in all of Freemasonry and I would add some of the most important and it is uh, much lesser known than some of the other tracing boards which we have already seen and looked at and some of the other symbols and tools that we've analyzed and broken down however uh, this I'd really like to call people's attention to in a big way because to understand what this is saying really says it all about what's going on in our world today. So here we see um, an image of the Temple of Solomon. That's what that structure there is on the right. Okay, And then you have uh, in front of the temple, Okay, um, you see a scene depicted by uh, a woman Okay, who is standing in front of a broken pillar all right, or a broken column. She is holding some sort of a twig or branch over the column. She has a cup or an urn of some type in her other hand. There is a book upon the column. Behind her, there is an angel with a scythe, clearly representing the angel of death, holding her hair. And there is an hourglass set beside him, which is the sands are running through. All right. In the background, we see the sun, the moon, the stars, and the all-seeing eye, symbols which we've already looked at in depth. 
we see the five-pointed star on the right-hand side of the image, and we see the trowel, the symbol of the master mason on the left, representing to spread the light or spread the knowledge of what one understands and has come to know in their mind and heart. And this is indeed the cement that will make good people stick together in the world and therefore for the light to spread. Okay, so um, let's look at what specifically um, the image of the woman and the, the angel of death here represents. Well, this is an, a depiction, once again, of the goddess, of the sacred feminine. Okay, and we've seen this in the astrotheology section when we went through what the goddess represents, how the goddess is always attacked and sacrificed, that it represents the lunar or feminine qualities within all individuals, the sacred feminine, okay? It represents creativity, the creative principle, care, nurturing, all right, intuition, all of these things that we really need in order to come out of the horrific mess that humanity is in because of the belief in authority and government and money and religion from an organized perspective, of course, not a true esoteric understanding of the core truths that underlie those traditions. Okay, so this is the goddess aspect of ourselves, the sacred feminine that is broken. The column is broken. Again, this is a word play on the, the French word for dove, column, column, okay, which means dove. The dove is historically, traditionally the symbol of the goddess in many ancient traditions that revered the goddess. And then we saw all of her names when we looked in, in astrotheology. She's been called Isis and Semiramis and Diana and Hecate and um, uh, Aphrodite and uh, Astarte and Ishtar. You name it. You can go on and on and on and on of all the names of the goddess Mary, of course, in the Christian tradition. All right? But ultimately, this represents our sacred feminine aspect. True care the generative principle, and it is nearing defeat in this image. It is half broken. Only the very base or foundation of it remains, and upon that is the volume of law, which represents natural law. I'm not talking about how the Bible is interpreted. I'm talking about the symbol that it represents. This is the book of natural law that is on this pillar here in this image. I'm not specifically referring to the Bible, although that is what the volume of natural law is used interchangeably with in Freemasonry. It's the concept that needs to be understood, not to get hung up on specifics. Okay, It represents natural law and sovereignty. That's the grail, the holy grail, the sacred feminine side of ourselves. Okay, What she is holding is the sprig of acacia, which represents the hope of resurrection in Freemasonry. And what this sprig of acacia is saying, what the goddess here in the image is saying, is I will hold out and stay with you until the very end if you wish to continue your course. I will be here 
and always be giving you the chance to change and to understand the truth and to come to a place of balance and to come to an understanding of natural law and sovereignty and oneness and right action. However, behind her sits the principle of decay, death, Azrael, the angel of death. And it's a reminder that's saying we don't have all the time in the world to make this transition, to make this change in consciousness. There is a time when a negative harvest would arrive. And we're nearing that time, ladies and gentlemen. Not to scare anybody or try to put any fear into anyone. It's just the case. Nature does not allow the kind of abomination that the human race has become in their ignorance and abdication of personal responsibility to continue forever. Eventually, the slate will be wiped clean. The scythe will come out and it will reap. The sands will go through that hourglass. Time will be up. And a reaping will have to happen. And whether nature does that or man does that to himself, you can bet on it. If we don't change our ways, it's going to happen. It's just the, the law of things. It's the way natural law works in the universe. Okay? Aberrations are ultimately really not tolerated once they make things go into a state of disrepair and imbalance for so long, there is a natural cleansing system that is inherent to nature that comes in, annihilates what needs to be annihilated, wipes the slate clean so that there can be new room for growth. Get as upset about it as you want, pound your fists against the wall, pound your, your fist on the table, cry in your milk, enjoy. That's how it works. That's it. And there's no one who's creating that except us. We are always creating the manifestation that we are receiving. But what's being said here is that the goddess is always holding out hope for us. And again, it's not a physical being or a physical goddess. Understand that this is all symbolic, ladies and gentlemen, and not get hung up in literal interpretations like people do with the Bible as well when it's largely allegorical okay this is all allegorical this is to get you to think deeply about concepts that relate to you and your role in the creation of what we see around us and I know many of the people who listen to this network understand these principles so I don't want to get too preachy or harpy about it but for the people who have not thought about these things it needs to be emphasized and stressed we are the creators of our collective experience. We need to step up and own that responsibility. Okay? So in image number seven, I simply put a close-up in another interpretation here of the broken column, the broken dove or broken goddess, you know, the goddess that is crumbling, but she's holding the sprig of acacia, and behind her is the angel of death possibly preparing his negative harvest if it comes to that. Okay, so this is a symbol of time running out. It's a symbol of urgency, of what your work is to do. 
to spread the light, to spread the truth, to spread awareness, to spread knowledge, to speak the world that you want to see into existence, into manifestation. The Creator spoke the world into being. Let there be light were the words that were spoken. We need to speak the truth and the light in order to create a better world and bring that world into manifestation. We have a caller on the line we'll get to couple of calls coming up in the next segment. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Okay, we are back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 6 Central Time. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. We've been discussing the esoteric symbolism of Freemasonry over the last many weeks. Tonight, we looked at the uh, royal arch degrees, and we looked at the symbolism of the broken column and the goddess and the uh, the reaping or the harvesting, uh, which is basically the idea that we reap what we sow. This is the golden rule, essentially. If you don't want bad things to happen to you, treat others as you would be treated. It's really as simple as that. People make it something more complicated than that, but that's all it really is, ladies and gentlemen. But the f- sad fact of the matter is so few people are in that understanding and actually live it in their lives. Um, they are basically under a myriad of mind control methodologies and basically will buy any buffet of lies that is set before them uh, because they want to not take personal responsibility for their own thoughts, emotions, and actions and do the hard work that it is to raise oneself from a lower vibratory state of consciousness to a higher one. That work no one can do for us. We must do it ourselves. We must do it because we care enough to do it because we have developed the sacred feminine principle of care, the generative principle, which is what the G in the middle of the compasses and square in true Freemasonry is all ultimately about. I have a caller on the line from California. Here we go to the calls. Caller from California, you are live on what on earth is happening. What do you have here for us this evening? Hello, caller from California. Are you there? Going once, going twice, gone. Okay, I guess he either got tired of holding on or um, just uh, didn't really build up the nerve to come on and say what he had to say. Caller from California, if you would like to call back in, I'll take your call right away. Uh, Sorry I let you hang there for so long. I I knew you were there, but I wanted to get through some of the concepts before I took some calls. So that's okay. In the last segment, we'll just look at some of the things I had planned. I may not finish this up in this segment, but uh, we can continue next week with a little bit uh, before we jump into our roundtable discussion, should I end up doing that. But here we go. Image number eight on the site. Let's look at some of 
imagery, some imagery from the higher degrees of Freemasonry. Now we're going over to the uh, Scottish Rite of Freemasonry here. This is the 32nd degree, which is the last, uh, I guess you could call it, official uh, degree that you can move up through the ranks of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry and attain. The 33rd degree is the honorary degree. It's an honorary imparted degree that is given to people who uh, display uh, certain qualities that are looked for either by light masons or by dark masons. Okay, we looked at that there are two different forms of masonry, true Freemasonry, which I refer to as light masonry, and then there is simply masonry or dark masonry, which is building with material other than light, which is building with uh, weighty, heavy material such as stone that creates blocks and then erects walls or barriers between people to create duality. This is what uh, occultists always do. They take a system that is already in place with its symbols and allegories and then they twist it for their own purposes. So indeed there is such a thing as dark masonry. We need to become very mature in our understanding that all occultism is twofold. It can be used to uh, create something very positive or it can be used to control people and that depends upon the consciousness of the wielder this is all just information it is all just a tool and all all of this information is ultimately about what is going on within us and consciousness in general and the laws of the natural universe that is all around us and that we are an inseparable part of so that needs to be understood when we talk about uh, what occultism is in general and any specific occult tradition for that matter can be used for good or for ill. So in the 32nd degree, we see the symbol of the double-headed eagle and the pyramid or the uh, upward-pointing triangle. Okay, uh, We see a sword that is being held by the eagle with the two heads and then we see the Latin phrase deus meumque ius, deus meumque ius. And what that means is God and my right. Okay, so these are two of the biggest concepts in Freemasonry, the creator and what your rights are and what they are not. Okay, so this is about natural law. Okay, ius is the root of justice in Latin. Okay, ius meaning right or law. Okay? Deus is God and meumque and my or and me, God and my right. The understanding of the spiritual nature of man, what your rights are, what your rights are not, natural law, sovereignty. Your existence is a free being under the creator, the sword of truth. Okay? It's a symbol of power. That knowledge is power. Applied when it is applied in the world, okay? Right action represented by the upright triangle, the masculine principle, the two heads coming together representing the divine union, okay? The left brain and right brain in one body, okay? Unified, all right? When they come together, right, they form the chemical wedding or the divine union. Now, this process is not completely finished because there are further degrees than the 32nd degree as I'm going to talk about either if I can get to it in the next few minutes or next week okay the 
Two heads looking in both directions represent also the past and the future and the understanding that we need to be in the present moment, but we need to have a good understanding of the past, or in other words, to have an insight about where we have been and how we got to where we are now to understand where we are going and how we might change it. So an understanding or a, a, an accurate vision of the past gives us an accurate vision for the future. Okay, an, an ability to predict patterns should things continue on unchanged or if we want to change the, the rudder, okay, move the rudder to change the direction that we are headed as a society, as a species, then we need to understand what got us there. What actions led up to this collectively in the past that got us to the present moment so that we can say, oh, we're not going to continue to do that. We're going to change, do something different, and then we'll change direction for the future. So that's what that symbol basically is saying. There's another variant of it there in image number nine. It's basically the same image, but there is a different saying underneath in Latin. It says, spes mea in deo est. Spesmea in Deo est means my hope is in God. My hope is in God, meaning my hope for the resurrection of humanity lies with the knowledge of the creator and that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, a physical experience in the physical world because it is a place where we can come to have experiences in apparent duality to come to know ourselves all the better. So the hope is placed in the knowledge and in the, uh, the uh, higher level of consciousness that comes through to us through the creator itself. So that's what that symbol there represents. And again, I'm giving you the core esoteric uh, interpretations of this symbolism. Not what it may have been twisted into in the world. My intent here in this whole Freemasonry section is not to cover dark masonry or what may be being taught in certain lodge systems. My intent here is to go to the heart of the original intent of what these symbols were about and attempting to convey. Esoteric, true Freemasonry. The builder of freedom. Okay? That's what Freemason ultimately means. All right? So the last symbol here is one that a lot of people have seen. It is the symbol of the 33rd degree. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the illuminated degrees next week, but I'll hold off on that until next week. That's really all the time we have for uh, this week, folks. It goes by quick. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you here next Sunday on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Check out whatonearthishappening.com. Up next, The Vantage Point with Michael Vale. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs>